Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Hollywood Matt Connolly. Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast with Double Biceps. It is a legal requirement every single time we appear on camera. We'll make sure we get those in frame. There we go. Mm-hmm. Just need to satisfy the lawyers. Uh, they they do question things. So, yes, mm-hmm. got to sign off on that. Both biceps were seen fully and, mm. uh, and were displayed effectively. Yes. I believe that's the wording. Yeah, so effectively. <laughs> that's, right. that's what we want to see. <laughs> so the co-host, the co-founder, the co-pilot, the co-wearer of clothes, co-breather of air in this very room, it is in fact the King of Sting, the Master of Disaster, the Count of Monte Cristo. It is in fact the winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award. There it is there, the illustrious trophy. Put his nomination in already. It is in fact Dave Dave Stockbridge. Stockbridge, welcome to your own show. Thank you very much, Hollywood Matt Connolly. A wonderful welcome as always, and, <laughs> and uh, I certainly appreciate it. It's uh, it's always exciting for me to receive an, an introduction of that standard and caliber, week in week out. You never fail to disappoint. Uh, Hollywood <laughs> Matt Connolly. It's been a big big week in the world of arm wrestling and. Uh, uh, some players are making moves, it would mm. seem to me. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about some of the biggest movers in the arm wrestling world, what it is that they're up to. And we've been very lucky. We've been privy to some information uh, that's come across the AWE desks over recent uh, days. And so uh, we're going to share a little bit of that with you uh, all today so that you can be up to date and uh, understand exactly what is going on behind the scenes of some of the biggest promotions in the arm wrestling world. Hollywood, Matt Connolly, mm. um, AWE, obviously. Slave Movers and Shakers, big event coming up on the uh, the 1st of July if you're in the US, 2nd of July if you're here in Australia, and uh, some big, big names taking place in, in that one. But it's not the only uh, promotion in the world. As it turns out, it's not the only one. <laughs> it isn't. There are, there are other ones. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I guess uh, in the arm wrestling world right now, it'd be pretty fair to say that you've got King of the Table and East versus West. They're the... They're the, the two big guys. It's a, it was very much a duopoly until fairly recently, mm-hmm. and uh, they certainly filled that void that was created by the loss of uh, WAL mm-hmm. um, pre-COVID, and then uh, out of the ashes of, of that, um, obviously, uh, and as the borders started to open up, it was uh, King of the Table and East versus West that uh, jumped back into uh, or jumped into uh, operation and uh, started putting on some awesome shows um and uh, between those two i mean they're, they're the two big guys at the moment so let's put them uh, against each other here what are the pros and cons what do you like about what king of the Table's doing and what do you like about what east versus west is doing what could they both do better and uh and who of those two are your favorite promotions right now mm, well yeah so larry wheels uh, sort of behind the king of the table uh, organization him and and uh, a few other players in that world and bringing a big audience um, based off of his social media following which is fantastic for the sport of arm wrestling Mm. people that are fans of Larry and they should be because he's he's a great guy I mean he's uh, very charismatic and he's, he's enormously strong and uh, you know looks fantastic and but soft hands well. I understand very soft hands hmm. yeah when I met him uh, it was like putting my hand into a cloud it was <laughs> <laughs> it was such like it was surprisingly soft hmm. um, and apparently he moisturizes that that's the secret ah right yeah. good to know yeah especially for some of the, the, the lifts weights like like he does so yeah yeah it, was, it, it threw me I was uh, my my next sentence was was gone after that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, obviously he's he's found arm wrestling and become a, a fan of it mm. and then decided that he would put some matches together and uh, obviously um, he, he's created the, the king of the table and they've flown into big names and put on some big events. Um, you know, he, he must have reached out to a production company and said, this is what my ideas are, this is how I want you to do it. Um, and they've put on some, some awesome events. They've said some of the big, big names. They've had Devin Larratt, they've had John Brzezink. Um, and Larry has competed on there several times as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really liked about what Larry does uh, and did on his very first match, he took on Schoolboy, yeah. who is a phenomenal arm wrestler and, uh, and a world champion currently. Um, and Larry was like, well, my first match, I'm going to go against Schoolboy. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. you know. Yeah. But, but the appeal of that, and I really admire the fact that he did this, um, is you know schoolboy looks like a schoolboy. I mean, he's wearing a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. He's got a backpack. He's got the glasses. Uh, he wasn't as humongous as he is now, and he's like mm. six foot six now or something. <laughs> but uh, it was 
the classic David versus Goliath sort of matchup. Mm. And Larry very cleverly, um, whether he, he chose to identify this or not, uh, from the outsider's perspective, for the audience perspective, they'd be looking at Larry and going, well, this guy's probably just going to crush this dude. Like, you mm. know, he, Larry's like a, a gorilla. Like, he's enormous. And then you've got a school kid. And mm. uh, and, and obviously, schoolboy is, is he's a phenomenal arm wrestler and he, he comfortably handled Larry on the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was awesome to. But it was a spectacle. It, exactly. it, and I guess he, he brought. Uh, an element of entertainment to, to arm wrestling where he brought this uh, uh, an unknown quantity in himself uh, who had this amazing physicality and uh, and, and pitted himself against a, a technically superior uh, arm wrestler and uh, uh, but of course it, it opened up conversations about mm. can Larry do this is he strong enough he's been practicing with some of the best in the world but it was a real conversation creator wasn't mm. it oh absolutely it was so good for the sport of arm wrestling and so many new people would have found the sport because of Larry doing that um, and they've put on several events uh, I'm not sure if they've got anything planned at the moment they probably do I haven't looked at the schedule because I've been looking at everything AWE <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it then they're not stacking the cards with 30 matches and, and stuff like that mm. um, one of the things that I do like that they're, they're doing quite well is they're just putting on events with maybe three matches maybe, yeah. maybe four matches yeah, uh, and so, so they're really going for quality rather than just you know just putting on a seven-hour arm wrestling event. Yes, and that mm. that is a a very smart move because everyone wants to just see Larry mm. or everyone wants to just see Devin. Everyone, and then you know if if, if you if you're sitting there waiting for five hours to see them, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> I oh, forget it, you know. Yeah. I'll just watch it on YouTube tomorrow. Yeah. So yep. you've got that that element there, which I think they've really nailed that. You know, less is more in that realm. Yeah. Uh, and using that star power, so their production has been good. They 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 have improved event to event. Um, I think when we saw the first one, it looked like it was in a casino. <laughs> Yeah, well, it looked like, like in a, a function center. room yeah, or something. Yeah, there was people sort of wandering through. This is on their way. <laughs> yeah, some people on their phones in the background. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So those elements they have changed and they've they've uh, identified it. And you know, it just doesn't look so fantastic when we uh, when we've put in this to air. Um, so they are doing good things. My concern is that, and it, recent footage that I've seen of Larry, he is looking strong and he is continuing to arm wrestle and he's actually improved significantly. Uh, what I would be concerned with is if Larry loses interest in that in that sport mm. or in that uh, realm and starts focusing on something else, it might fall away. Mm. You know, it might just be all based on. So your your fear is that maybe it's a Larry Will's passion project uh, more so than a standalone organization that's going to stand the test of time. Perhaps exactly. Yeah, mm. I don't see it running to the same degree or with the same. Uh, verve um, with without Larry. Well, maybe it. we can get Larry on and he can clarify for us what the, <laughs> what the future plans for King of the Table might be, um, yeah. or, or get Jake on because, uh, from what I understand, Jake's been announced again as uh, the King of the Table uh, announcer and uh, and commentator. So uh, awesome. maybe we can get a little bit of background information uh-huh. from those chaps. So, uh, yeah. but uh, and, and East versus West, kind of the opposite in that they're um, less. Discriminant in terms of how many matches they'll they'll, they'll be willing to put on the card. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, more is more is, mm-hmm. is the philosophy there. Um, and uh, being East versus West, there's a lot of names there that uh, don't quite resonate with a with a Western audience. So, is is that deliberate to is, is that a deliberate uh, ploy on behalf of uh, Engen in order to introduce some of these? Eastern names to the Western world, do you think? Um, and and is that worth the uh, the hassle? Um, or what what do you what do you think is going on there? What, what, and, and do you think that having such a big card is a is a good thing for a pay per view event? Mm. So I like the fact that they've got immediate patriotism uh, yeah. built into their event. So if you're from the if you, if you don't know anything about these guys, it's like, okay, well, this guy's from my part of the world. I'm going to go for him. You know, he's from, I'm from America. I'm going for the West, you know, in this match or maybe all of the matches. Uh, if you're from Europe or it's like, well, great, I've got my guy that I'm going to cheer for. And so you don't have to know who the people are because the patriotism side of it, side of it 
does take care of that in terms of he's somebody you can cheer for. It's, it's, he's he's from your part of the world. He's representing you in a way. Mm. You know? mm. So that aspect is quite clever, and you'll see that across uh, sports all throughout the world, where people have into you know country versus country or state versus state or you know or anything where it's like we have a group of people. Uh, that represent you. You know, yeah. they're they're really they're brings from down the street. You know, <laughs> it's like it's that tribalism, isn't yes. it? It's what it's what brings people to to the event. So, mm. um, I, I'd be really interested to see what the pay per view purchase split would be between uh, the the east and the west, for instance, as well. That's a good point. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say the majority would would probably be coming from the US, but um, I might be wrong. I'm not sure, but uh, I would say that that's usually who who drives uh pay-per-view audiences but uh yeah so they've they've they have put on cards with a lot of matches which is we've got a vacuum cleaner to go <laughs> is that what it is i don't know i could i could, I could hear the soft time i thought it was a car alarm or something in the background but uh, yeah there we go oh it's soft. okay <laughs> it was a very small amount of dust might have been a blender <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yes, uh, East versus West. Putting on cards with a lot of matches, f- mm. 15, 16, 20 yeah. <laughs> matches, and it, it is a bit of a slog to get through, uh, especially do, if do you, you watch all the way through. Uh, when I've done live commentary, uh, I have. Oh, no, you had to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fast-forwarded the live commentary. So, so is it like an arm wrestling marathon? Is that what it feels it like? It feel like that. Mm. And I was very excited for the main matches, and, uh, you know, there, there was maybe four matches near the top of the card that I really wanted to see. But by the time we got there, I almost just wanted to, to just be over with. Because mm. <laughs> it was like, this has been six hours or six and a half hours. And uh, we still got four matches to go. And it's like, by the time we've got to that point, it was like, man, I'm kind of tired. Like, a, you know, this mm. is, it's been a lot to watch. But if you're, if you're buying the event... Uh, maybe you know you'd skip through the first whatever 12 15 matches just to see your favorites mm. but uh, I do like the fact that Engen's created a, an aspect where he can find the best people in in Europe or best people that he knows from that realm and give them an opportunity mm. um, I think it would be smarter uh, to create a separate separate league in a way where you've got east versus west is maybe very similar to the king of the table sort of idea. Maybe there's five matches. Maybe there's six at the most. Mm. And it's like, that's... Make that the creme de la creme. And it's going to be fantastic and phenomenal. And, and you know, everyone's going to be keen as to see it. It goes mm. for maybe two and a half hours. And it's just, you know, it, it, it's like a moving length. And then everyone's invested in every single match. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, you've got so many matches with people that, you know, the, the, the undercard. Yeah. And it's like... If you put that on a separate card and tried to build sort of feeder league, mm. and then if people are doing well in that, and then you can promote them, and maybe they'll get the opportunity to get on the big card. Yeah. Uh, whereas it feels like because they're the only promotion going, mm. that anybody who's sort of at that level, they're like, oh yeah, we'll just put you on the card. Yeah. And it's like, well, instead of having twenty matches, why don't you just have a separate league where you've got the elite guys mm. with with your pay per view where it's going to do big numbers regardless because people aren't paying for the 12 matches leading up to. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then you get an opportunity to put on a, an event and build some stars that can go into the elite status. Well, from from what I understand, Engen takes on a, a lot of that event on, on his own shoulders. And uh, uh, and so maybe a wise move for, for a man that's got a lot on his plate that he's kind of delegating out to established organisations, clubs and the like to say, hey, Make make your event a qualifier for mine, so he might be even moving in that direction, and that'd be a, a good way to um, filter through talent from um, those, uh, those parts of the world, yeah. Um, and uh, and to maybe deliver him a high quality card. Um, it, it's uh, it's interesting because it is both uh, East versus West and King of the Table a pay per view model. So it's essentially these are pay per view events, mm. and so they're highly reliant on those numbers in order to be profitable and. Uh, from what I understand from public statements of, of Ingen's, um, that uh, he's not making a considerable profit out of the event, or in some cases, no profit. All mm. the money's being ploughed. Whatever's being made is being ploughed straight back into uh, the event, the production. Um, and so as a pay-per-view event, um, it's not if it's not necessarily profitable um, uh, with that 
uh, I guess they, those numbers, it doesn't become more profitable with uh, you know half the numbers, half the travel expenses, half the organisation um, involved. Maybe, maybe not. Um, it, it, there's so there's some interesting things going on on both uh, east versus west. So that, let's uh, just really quickly mm. um, production values. If you had to rate them out of ten, king of the table. Uh, King of the Table is improved, and I think where they started, started at a it was four. probably four to five, and they've probably pushed up to a seven. East versus West? Their atmosphere is lacking. Uh, their camera work is great, um, and they've got some good... So uh, production's co- good, it's just the atmosphere. Because yeah. I was going to talk about atmosphere as a separate kind of thing. So in terms of atmosphere, East versus West, you rank that? Well, it, it's not... An ideal wherever they're holding it, it seems like it's on a stage and there's a theatre behind them, and mm. it's like this doesn't seem to suit. It's very European in in nature in terms of how to present it in that auditorium type of uh, environment. Um, it, atmospheric king of the table. Uh, it's improved dramatically, hasn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, especially the involvement of people that are actually standing next to the table now, not mm. just sort of looking at the phone. They're Jake, actually wanting to <laughs> to I, see the match. I think the strength of personality, Jake's strength of personality makes a big difference too uh, mm. and just in terms of the energy that's in the room yes. um, and and how that's translated uh, on the on the screen mm. um, and and in terms of quality of competitor king of the table east versus west you reckon they're about the same yeah I think that they've used pretty similar pretty people similar on names, both cards. big names so yeah. we're talking like they're getting the top guys at the moment so you have to say 10 out of 10 in terms of quality of, uh, of the athletes people are really tuning in because of Devon Larratt Dave Chafee, these big names mm. that are out there, uh, Levan, um, yep. people are tuning in because they want to see what the biggest and the best are up to in the world and want to see those guys up against themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess the, there you go. There's the longevity um, question mark that hangs over both of those promotions currently because um, ha- ha- these athletes are now in their 40s in some cases, 50s and nudging near 60 in some cases and mm. it's really musical chairs at the moment amongst those big names. And so maybe Engen's ploy of trying to get that next generation of athletes through those qualifiers is the is the right path um, mm. and uh, and certainly seems to be leading in, in, a, in a good direction. I uh, don't see King of the Table making any move in that direction in order to cultivate that next generation of, of talent. Um before we get into uh, the rest, I just want to thank Roll Clean. Roll Clean have been wonderful supporters of, of our podcast, AWE, in the Daily Combat podcast. And uh, although you shouldn't eat them, you know, I don't mind having a nibble. And uh, <laughs> and, and Matt and Kat tell me, don't say that. But uh, they, they do look delicious. And uh, not only that, but I will say this. I have not used shampoo uh, since I've been using Roll wow. Clean. Um, I don't use any products in my beard apart from Roll Clean products. So yeah. they've got a wonderful uh, beard oil which I'll apply in the shower after washing uh, with the uh, Roll Clean soap. So they're uh, organically produced, locally produced, mm. um, uh, organically uh, organic ingredients mm. and uh, really good for your skin. Disinfectants, uh, they're designed specifically for strength and combat sports athletes. And uh, so uh, we would suggest that you head over to www.rollclean.com.au if you uh, would also like to have a nice luscious beard, <laughs> nice smooth well, skin. Both of us have that now okay. because I do the same. Yeah. You do the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, so it, it endorsed uh, yeah. by uh, by your your uh, your favourite arm wrestling fans uh, <laughs> here on the AWE podcast. <laughs> www.rollclean.com.au. Head over there right now and. Grab yourself some of these yummy soaps. No, don't eat the soaps. That's so um, they do look like you could eat them, and one one is chocolate flavored, <laughs> just, just to make it all the more irresistible. So um, um, yeah, so uh, so we've got. Um, I guess that you've got king of the table, east versus west. Or you'd call them the top tier mm-hmm. right now, and not necessarily because of their production values um, or. Anything else, really. It's just they've got the biggest names mm-hmm. uh, currently. So they're attracting the biggest names in the sport. Now, the second tier. How do you? Where do you see the second tier right now? Yeah, well, the exciting thing is that there is arm wrestling organisations sort of springing up around the world. Mm. And uh, not only with the AWE, uh, our organisation that we've started, and trying to put on the best matches that we possibly can, but we're seeing... Uh, 
events, uh, organizations like Arm Gods mm. and Monster Factory. Mm. Uh, I know that India has a very big league over there yeah. as well. Pro, 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 pro Punjab. Pun, pro pro pun, Punjab. Punjab. Punjab, yes. I think, yeah. And we've got the UA, UAL, UAC, UAC. Uh, UA, UAC. UAC, yep. that, yep. that is uh, emerging in the Philippines, Asian area as Sing- well. Singapore. Singapore. At, yeah. Yeah, so to, to, it's, it's great to see that the sport is getting to a point where people are saying, okay, well, we want to put an, an event on and we want to create an organisation. We see that there is potential growth in this sport. Mm. And so... You get an organisation like uh, Monster Factory, and so Michael Monster Michael Todd. I always go to put his name in the wrong Michael order. Monster Todd, Monster Michael Todd. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has created uh, the Monster Factory, which I th- is it his gym. I believe it's in his gym. Yeah, yeah. So it's his gym in in Arkansas, and he is putting on events, and he's gone about this quite in a in a smart way where. It's free to watch on YouTube. Yeah, so that, so a really defining point there. So that's a that's very different to the East versus West King of the Table models, um, and 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 he's able to do that in large part because he's uh, is backed by big name sponsors. Yeah, yeah, he's done tremendously well for himself. I mean, the guy. He's very charismatic. He's a lovely guy. He's a great guy. He does get the villain role a lot in uh, the arm wrestling <laughs> world. But he's, he's, if you ever watch an interview with him or watch a video with, with Michael Todd, uh, he is actually a really nice person. Really and humble. Very, very passionate about arm wrestling. Extremely. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, so he's created his own organization in America and said, well, I'm going to put events on. I'm going to do it right here in my, in my shed in Arkansas, in my yeah. gym. And uh, they've done a, a really good job. Um, so they've got it's him and his wife Rebecca, and they do the commentary, and they also compete as well. Yeah, and it feels very homely, like very uh, community. Yeah. Of, feel to it there's a real familial kind of sense about it everybody knows everybody it's very uh, everybody's really comfortable in each other's company there's a there's a real intimacy uh, not just amongst the personalities involved but physically like it's a tighter space and so everybody's kind of there together and you've got the athletes kind of behind the mm. commentary team and mm. so it's got a it's got a very distinctive feel to anything else that's in the arm wrestling world right now. It does, absolutely. Yeah, it's very unique in that aspect. And as you mentioned before, the, the ability to be able to go free on YouTube because of the sponsorship deals that they've created, it, it changes the game for them in, in terms of they're not relying on a pay-per-view model. So they're not relying on having to sell you these, these matches. I mean, obviously, they want people to watch and they want people to be interested in who they've created but they don't have that pressure of i need to sell ten thousand pay-per-view sales to make my money back Mm. uh so yeah it's it's really cool that michael's leveraged his own brand in order to help others compete so so it because it really is michael's sponsors that are getting on board it's obviously at michael's house um and uh he's really leveraging his own um name in order to provide this opportunity and to create this event mm. um so it, it's very uh personality centric in that way you remove monster michael todd from the equation well there isn't a monster factory right. but i've got a feeling that monster michael todd's going to be around forever so <laughs> i don't think that's going to be a big issue and i am somewhat excited for the future of monster factory so i mean so a couple of the criticisms might be around say production values and and uh, how how it looks and feels on screen which I don't know is a, a massive issue for a lot of Monster Michael Todd fans um, and, and for fans of the athletes that are competing, but it, it seems that uh, Monster Michael Todd is moving in a direction to address some of that. Mm. Um, I did note that he posted just recently that uh, the renovations and the extensions have begun mm. at, at his property, and uh, he's got a pretty substantial property, and from uh, – what we understand is that he's now in the process of extending on to that gym, and uh, so you might start to see things move uh, in terms of the production values and and the the set and how how that Monster Factory event looks and feels into the future. Absolutely, yeah. The, the difference between the King of the Table with Larry Wheels and Monster Factory with Monster Michael Todd is is. You know Monster Michael Todd's going to be an arm wrestler for life. I mean, he's, mm. he's been in the sport for probably 40 years already. And, uh, you know, he's a world champion like 
30 times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the biggest trophy cabinet I've ever seen with you know, the million trophies in there. Should be called Monster Trophy. Monster the Trophy cabinet. Factory, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Monster Trophy Factory, yeah. Um, so you know he's he's going to be in that regardless and it's not as if if things don't work out i'm sure that he will he will continue to be in the arm wrestling scene and he'll still be part of it mm. whereas i think with king of the table if larry wills removes himself from that i think the entire organization just disappears mm. but uh yes the passion that that monster michael todd has and it does have that the element of it's not a club like a, it's not like going to the club the, the local arm wrestling club and watching matches. Yeah. It's it's a little bit... Of, it, it's above that. But, but it's got enough of that feel, hasn't it? Yeah. Where, where it's, you know, uh, it, it's very... Uh, everybody's friends. Yes. It, it's... Uh, every Everybody's enjoying each other's company. Mm. Uh, they're enjoying the competition, but straight afterwards, you know, everybody's just having a beer and relaxing and uh, it's, got a, it's got a really nice feel. And I think that's a real interesting point that you made. You know, you take... Larry Wills at the King of the Table event may be somewhat dependent on well two things is my 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 read big names mm-hmm. um, and uh, Larry's crossover appeal mm-hmm. uh, bringing new people into the sport and attracting their attention to his event I think that that's the, the so you got arm wrestlers and you have got people that are arm wrestling curious because of maybe Larry Wills yeah um, or do you just love Larry Wills and so if Larry's competing they'll they'll be you know they'll be there you know so. There's, there's that element. You take Larry out of, hive him out of that scenario, and uh, and 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 maybe you can't get Devon, can't get Levan, yeah. you can't get Dave Chafee, and you take away some of the big names. What does King of the Table then have? If it doesn't have Larry Wills and it doesn't have the big names competing. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a it's, it's a different scenario. Um, whereas Monster Michael Todd, um, you in the Monster Factory uh, seems to be drawing very much from. That pool of talent that hasn't yet made the, I guess the the A grade yet, mm-hmm. um, and and those people that are knocking on the door um, and who are, who are keen to create opportunities so that they can get more awareness, get sponsors themselves, and put themselves in a position where they can compete for the biggest prizes in the sport. Mm. Uh, people that are really on a on a pathway, and it seems that. Uh, Monster Michael Todd is doing a lot of that groundwork for those athletes to provide this platform for them to uh, uh, to take that next step in the sport. Absolutely, yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels very much like he's he's not only promoting uh, the athletes that are competing on his his card and giving them an opportunity and a spotlight to compete and show their skills. But he's doing it from an aspect where he gets to compete as well. He does it under his own. Uh, banner. He does it under his own rule set. You know, he, he's sort of the the man that gets to 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 display this event, whichever which way he chooses. So he can control all those elements and make them run in the way that he wants to. Uh, and it does have a very much a. This is a friendly. It's a, it's fun. It's um, you know great matches that you get to see. Uh, there is obviously a very serious element of the people that are competing, they really want to win. Mm. But it doesn't feel like um, that serious, deadly silence that mm. you get with King of the... T- uh, sorry, with um, East versus West or something like that, mm. uh, which which is that other element of arm wrestling, you know, because essentially, I mean, that's where the, the roots of arm wrestling comes from is, mm. is those clubs and pubs and, yeah. and the community centres and stuff and everyone's laughing, having a good time and enjoying themselves. And so it's almost that... That, that next step up into okay, this is the competition world, mm. and it's like these are the these are the top guys that are not the elite guys, but mm. uh, you know if you sh- good luck trying to beat any of them. But yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, it 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 has that appeal, and I think that they they would harm themselves if I, if they went to not corporate, but like if they went very professional, like and mm. they had like a. You know, they're all wearing suits and they're presenting mm. with the perfect banner behind them, and you know, and they had great fade cr- transitions into the thing. Like, this isn't the same thing. This isn't yeah. this isn't Monster Factory. Yeah, you know, it just wouldn't it wouldn't work. It would feel false. Mm. Mm. So, so if we would apply the same kind of um, criteria um, to uh, to uh, Monster Michael Todd's production uh, in terms of production values out of ten, yeah. Uh, for what they're aiming for, I think they've really nailed it. Like in terms mm. of what they 
what their what what their direction is. They've they've really so that. they've isolated their 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 demographic, and they know what what their appeal is, yes. and they seem to be really playing to that audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so you can't really take them down a peg or, or say they're doing the wrong thing because they're actually positioning themselves to cater for that audience and, mm. and to have that more casual feel, aren't they? So, yes. so um, It's hard to say, like, oh, it should be more production because it's like, well, the production will ruin mm. like, what the elements that you've created. Whereas it seems East versus West and the King of the Table are very much trying to do almost a very, very similar thing production-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, with, uh, with Monster Factory, it, it is a different look and feel. And I guess that you know that that's uh, we'll come to arm gods in a second because mm. that that's a that's a very much down that that road as well. Um, so you've got uh, so in terms of production value, in terms of quality of athlete, out of ten, uh, in terms of quality of athlete, um, prob- it's probably the the guys that haven't quite hit the elite level mm. but are the top guys in North America, which is. A yeah. really uh, high level, so I'd so say, can't say eight, ten, eight to nine, eight to nine, eight to nine, yeah, eight to nine yeah. in your estimations. And uh, in terms of length and depth of card, mm-hmm. um, uh, what are your feelings there? It's still a meaty card. It is, it is. Yeah, they are putting on uh, events with eight to ten sort of matches. Um, they are generally putting on matches that are quite interesting, mm. and they seem to space out their their top guys. They're not saving everyone for the last, you know, the main event. Obviously, yep. the main event is is your your um, pr- premiere event, but they do have say say monster so sprinkle Dodd. the card. Yeah, with a, like with a few he'll be competing on the card, and he might be the second match in. Yeah, you know, and then it's like Corey West might be on there. He might be the match after, and it's like, oh, gee. <laughs> you know, I better watch this whole thing um, because I think the reason he's he's doing it that way is because he wants to get back on the commentary. <laughs> you know, he gets, he gets his match out of the way, and then. You but know. also for the same reason you said that perhaps East versus West is not the most stimulating of events to 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 be watching until maybe the you know the the four or five that you really holding out for uh michael todd's mixing it up a little bit there he's, yeah. not, he's making sure that you're watching the whole event because if you miss the first two or three you might be missing a Corey west or, yeah. or, or 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 monster michael todd himself jumping on the table and going lefty or something it feels very much like if you're going to see a monster factory event it's something you put on and you sit back with a beer and your friends and you're just sort of hanging around you're casually talking and Maybe you're not paying 100% attention the whole time, but then it's like, oh, no, 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 uh, Michael Todd's on, hang on, hang on. And then everyone's like, oh, and, you know, they're keyed in for that moment. But it does feel like you don't need to be glued to every every single second of it like uh, you would if the way that East versus West or King of the Table tries to present. Mm. And it's like, oh, this, this is a very important match. You know? yeah, it's like yeah. it's somebody you've never heard of versus somebody else you've never heard of. <laughs> trying to generate gravitas out of something nobody cares about is right. often hard. So, uh, so um, doing great things and super excited to see what happens in that uh, in the next chapter as uh, the the new uh, monster factory takes shape and uh, and excited to see what happens mm. with uh, uh, monster factory moving forward. I think uh, 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 Michael and Rebecca are onto onto something and mm. uh, and are doing some very exciting things there. And I think they're providing a, a, a wonderful platform for that uh, second tier of athlete that's uh, waiting for their chance to emerge on uh, the card of uh, King of the Table or East versus West and waiting for that opportunity. Mm. Um, Arm Gods, touched on Arm Gods. So talking about look and feel and atmosphere, out of 10. (laughs) 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. These guys guys know their atmosphere inside out. Paul Maiden, Marcus Thompson, uh, they, yeah, I mean... (laughs) They're very much talking about community appeal. Uh, mm. These guys have have gone headfirst into. We want to. Everyone who is here in person is going to have the night of their lives. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're playing music. They're they're cheering. They're they're doing the oh oh cheer <laughs> thing. You know that everyone there is is very excited. They're very close the, to the to the table. The crowd very, is very close. You could almost grab the guy who's who's actually competing <laughs> a, lo- a lot of intimacy and, yeah. and some of those guys have been grabbed by uh, the way yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right yes <laughs> <laughs> by Jody Norris <laughs> but uh yeah so they are, they have that ability to create that atmosphere and as they said their first event they had to turn people away <laughs> because yeah. it was so popular people were like oh yeah we want to go see that and mm. it was like the the pub or wherever they were holding it could only hold 
I don't know, 150, 200 people, and they, they had like 100 people. They had to be like, we're at capacity. We, we, we can't. You go, you, go and watch it on, t- like, you know, on the pay-per-view. Which is kind of insane um, when Marcus and Paul were, were in conversation with us recently. They were explaining that, as far as they're aware, they're the only arm wrestling event to ever sell out in person. Yeah. So um, they're not just relying on the pay-per-view sales. They're not... They don't have a dependence on it in the same way that the other promotions do, and certainly Michael Todd doesn't. They are they've got an audience there, mm. um, a willing audience, um, who um, uh, they've literally created something that people are uh, well, they're getting turned away at the door if they haven't already got a ticket. So, um, uh, and I think now that the world has kind of seen what Arm Gods is all about, I think they're just going to have to get bigger venues. You know, <laughs> I think that's just what's going to happen. You know, they. Uh, at the at the first event, if they're turning away fifty or a hundred people, uh, I would hate to think how much money is going to be left on the table if they don't get a bigger venue. So, uh, you know, I, I think they could easily have three or four hundred people in a room mm. and three or four hundred arm wrestling fans bound together around a table um, with uh, with Jake Ward on the microphone yeah. um, uh, is uh, is a sight to see and. Ooh. And almost like a, all, of, all of a sudden become a bit of a bucket list uh, feature for anybody who's an arm wrestling fan. All yeah. of a sudden it's like, go to an uh, arm gods event. Yeah. I, I've got to do that before I die. Absolutely. Um, so uh, it's on my list, I know. <laughs> um, so um, so they're doing some really interesting things there. And their model isn't dependent on pay-per-view. It's not even dependent on those gate sales. Mm. Uh, they've got some other things going on there that are that are going to be make that whole event sustainable into the future which um certainly leave for the boys to to, to share with the world when mm. the time's right but they're, they're doing some really interesting things to support that again that next generation of athlete and to give them a platform um and um so so we we love the atmosphere of arm gods we love what they're doing the ethic of what they're doing they've certainly got their own look and feel mm. which um is really set them apart so they've got a marketing point of difference and they're really creating uh an event for the spectator in a way that no one else has been able to do in arm wrestling so far. Yep. So uh, they're, they're really setting some benchmarks there. So in terms of atmosphere, out of 10? Uh, yeah, there are 11. <laughs> there are 11 uh, in terms of... Uh, now, this is the interesting thing. So hugely, uh, highly watchable, really, really great atmosphere, but quality of contestants. Mm-hmm. Where, how, where would you rate that? Uh Probably, or comparatively to... Compare, to we've got to compare them to the best. Yeah, so, uh, maybe, versus maybe, maybe six, I'd say, six to seven. So, so is it is it fair to say that they're, they're more concerned about a competitive match-up than a big name? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, so it's really about creating an atmosphere, creating a, a, a close, a very good match-up, being very mindful about who they're putting on the table together mm-hmm. and uh, and then just creating a show around it. Yes, hmm. absolutely. Yeah, well, um, as we said, I mean, Paul Maiden and Marcus Thompson, Marcus coming from the business background, understanding how, how things work and, and Paul having an in-depth knowledge of, of the arm wrestling world and I think he, he said he was uh, the champion, Brit- British champion like 20-something times or something, yeah. or European champion. He's, he's a phenomenal arm wrestler. And they know their audience. They know their crowd. And mm. he did mention, we had a nice chat with him last week, he did mention several times that they, they looked at the, the darts model, you know, the people mm. that are throwing darts, and how that they've created like a, a huge... It's almost bowl. a festival atmosphere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, when and you then, go to one of those events. Exactly. And, the, you know, they're playing music and everyone there is cheering and they're, 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 the the dart players are walking in and there's like, you know, <laughs> fireworks going off in there. <laughs> and it's like a huge big event yep. and it's darts. And it's like, I mean, you know, if you're interested in darts, cool. But he said, you know, half the time people are, that are at the event, they're not watching the darts. They're there because it's fun. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it's, they've really hit that side of it. And it's sort of similar to like well, soccer or, or football where, you know, the crowd is really invested and they're singing and, they're, you know, they've got their colours and they've got their favourites and they're cheering. Um, so very, very clever marketing. So, so it's interesting because Engen's trying to create this tribalism between East versus West. Uh, you've, you really don't have any of those elements in King of the Table um, and, uh, and perhaps 
monster factory, but you certainly it, it, it's there um, for all to see in Arm Gods, where mm. uh, you've got um, uh, you've got some some very good uh, high quality athletes, but essentially people are, it's almost secondary mm. to the to the overall show. Yeah, um, and uh, and if you're if you're a fan, the great thing with it is that if you're a fan, you're going to love it. And if you're not a fan, there's every chance you'll you'll have a great time anyway. So uh, that's right. So they 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 they're, in, they're really looking to expand uh, the the appeal of the sport outside of the arm wrestling fan by just putting on a a, a better in their view a better quality show. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It, it seems to be that they're or a more entertaining show. Absolutely. Yeah, their model um, it, it, it's very much focused around the live event. Mm. Attend the live event, you'll have a phenomenal time mm. and. The production side of things in terms of the, the way it was presented uh, could have been improved a little bit. Um, there were some lighting issues, I think, that they had. There, there was quite dark. Um, but, you know, obviously they've identified first that. Show, and then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As we, we know with the first show. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're going to be doing phenomenal things. I think one of, the, one of the exciting things about their model is that they could put on events very regularly and because, say, they're, they're looking at a 300, 400 people event, mm. they could do it probably every two months and, mm. and you'd get huge crowds there um, depending on where you're putting it on mm. um, because you're not reliant on those those big names. It's just like Arm God is here. They're going to be at the... Have, know, have the, they announced where the next event's going to be publicly as yet? I don't know. Okay, so we, we won't touch on it because it's big, big news. But um, I, I think what's really interesting with Arm Guards as well, uh, you've got uh, East versus West is stuck in Istanbul. You've got Dubai, which is the home of King of the Table. You've got Arm Guards that are not going to be centred on one particular venue. And, and Monster Michael Todd, the Monster Factory is at you know at the Monster Factory. That's right. Uh, that's so it, that's going to be where it is. So people all know that they're the epicenters of that activity. But when it comes to Arm Guards, um, they're inclined to take the road on the show, mm. uh, the show on the road, yeah, and the road, road on the, the show. road with them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so uh, this is this is going to be uh, super exciting as they they move forward and start putting arm wrestling in different settings. So I think um, there's a lot to look forward to, and I think that there's a um, many more runs on the board that we'll see um, from those guys as Arm Gods continues to evolve and develop. And um, I, I think of those uh, second tier promotions at the moment. That's the one where I think is has got is got huge potential. Right now, I think there's, there's some exciting things on the horizon with those boys, and uh, and uh, really looking forward to seeing the second event. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And uh, obviously, the AWE are our organization, uh, so mm. yeah, if we talk right, about let's what, be objective, yeah, it's what, yeah. We're, what we're looking to do in terms of uh, our strategy. And uh, obviously, we've we've gone with high end production uh, for the online audience uh, mm. for global appeal. Uh, for and we, we which is almost the opposite to the opposite to Marcus of Paul. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we had um, uh, in our first event. Uh, the audience, well, there was no, there was barely any audience there because we held it in a place that was locked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There were so many people that wanted to come right. that we literally we had to lock the gates yeah, to avoid any right. kind of you know stampede. Exactly. You know, but yes, but but completely flipping the uh, the script on what Arm Gods is pushing for for creating a, a fantastic experience for the live audience. We were not as concerned about the live audience. I mean, obviously, you know, we want the people that are there that, yep. to have a good time and and be able to see what's going on and be entertained. Um, but our main objective was to present uh, the event with the highest level of production that we possibly could. Mm. So we had, you know, I think, five camera guys and we had, mm. you know, yourself doing the the announcing and we had the commentary. Uh, and so it, we were really pushing to present a product that looked very professional and very mm, uh, something that somebody could watch and say, these guys look like they know what they're doing, yeah. And it, this is looks like it's a professional sport, like yeah. It, it, and so that's the element that we're pushing for. Yeah, yeah. Was well, so, you know the Arm Gods guys are very much about um, you know almost recreating that atmosphere of uh, of a pub or a, or a club or uh, like a, a big social event. Um, we've gone very much in a, in a different direction with that, and, and gone with a more uh, with the idea of presenting this. The, the arm wrestling as a professional sport mm. and so I kind of come to it from the perspective of well for arm wrestling to be accepted in the mainstream it's got to be 
first and foremost watchable and for somebody who's not familiar with the sport, for them to be able to cotton on really quickly about how it's run, uh, have an understanding as to the format, know what the scoring system is, um, get a quick understanding of the rules so that they can quickly accelerate their knowledge to the extent that they can enjoy it as a viewing experience. Um, and, and just to touch on before the keyboard warriors really get into it, um, why the, the attendance was low, was you, you were quite right. I mean, the place was locked, not for the reasons I was saying, of course, uh, but we, uh, we were holding that event because our we were seeking to appeal to the pay-per-view audience. We Instead of staging the event when uh, the, the event that we were part of uh, had begun, mm. um, we actually started it earlier for the benefit of the pay-per-view audience. So we, we didn't have the benefit of thousands of people around uh, the cage, as did, uh, say, the MMA um, uh, pay-per-view audience did. Mm. Um, so if it was held, say, uh, six or seven hours later, there would have been three or 4,000 people there mm-hmm. and the atmosphere would have been certainly different. Um, but uh, so, granted... You know, it didn't have a great atmosphere because we didn't have all of the people there and assembled. Um, but uh, uh, the, there is a rationale as to why we did that. It was very much to make sure that the sport was watchable, digestible for an audience that wasn't able to be there in person. And we knew that the majority of that audience was going to be on the other side of the world and in the United States. So right. um, we, we did cater specifically for that online audience. Mm, exactly. And, and one of our goals and one of our points of direction is that we can recreate that anywhere if we if we get our production right and we make it look and feel um to the level that we want to make it feel we can literally go anywhere in the world and we're not reliant on having a live audience to support that i mean obviously we want people to come along and if we do have a live audience they will have fun and but it's not the arm gods model of um you know uh, regardless you could put paul maiden in in a room of people who have never seen arm wrestling before and they will all be arm wrestling fans <laughs> by the end of the day. Uh, or Paul Maiden fans anyway. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll get them up and yelling and screaming and chanting and, you know, really involved. Yep. Um, whereas what we're doing is, you know, essentially we could go anywhere in the world and, and put on this high level of production and any and it should ideally look and feel the same no matter where we are mm. uh, it's only the athletes that are going to be different so and and i guess we also had a look at you know some of those things we'd had the benefit of seeing king of the table and and uh, and east versus west and uh, and and these uh, these emerging um promotions um and we we kind of we took the view that having um for our brand uh, having consistent level of presentation of the athletes was important so instead of letting the one athlete turn up in jeans and a, and a polo shirt and the other guy turning up in torn shorts and, and a singlet. Um, chaps. <laughs> or chaps. It's always an option. Um, uh, we, we, we had a, a specific player uniform, yeah. as you might expect of a, a professional sporting league. And, um, uh, and so there was a degree of uniformity, uh, uniformity uh, with, our, with our branding for our athletes um, and, uh, and ultimately uh, – to make it more appealing to corporate sponsors as well. So mm. um, uh, it, essentially, if a, if a large corporate's looking at a, an event, well, they want to know that their brand is going to be looking good. Mm. And if they're looking at an event and everybody on stage, or in our case, in the cage, is looking good, um, then there's every chance their brand's going to be well represented. So we, we wanted to be um, certainly uh, advertiser-friendly, um, and uh, we, we wanted to also ensure that we had a nice, clean aesthetic, which we didn't see elsewhere in the arm wrestling world, um, with, the, with the exception of perhaps um, our Indian friends there in, um, at Pro Punja, mm. um, who've got a, a very corporate look and feel and, and a lovely aesthetic to what they're doing. But uh, in terms of the Western organisations, not so much. And mm. so uh, we brought that to the table. And, and I think there were a few uh, innovations um, that came about through our observations as well of, of other uh, promotions, for instance, how, how we adjudicate um, uh, any conflict on the table amongst the athletes. Um, so uh, we tidied all of that up very, very nicely and, um, and made that so that the athletes could simply you know, appeal uh, a decision uh, that would get looked at by a, a match referee, uh, separate to the the, uh, the the referee that was on the table, 
um, and, um, and, and that issue was adjudicated very quickly. People accepted the result and they moved on. Mm. Um, so there was little emotion. So, again, you don't have an athlete flaring up or yelling at a referee or, or, or carrying on in an unprofessional manner. We, we just didn't create that opportunity. You know, the, the, the athlete would seem silly to when they've got the opportunity to refer it to a higher power yeah. and uh, have a replay reviewed. Um, and uh, to, to have, have, have an opportunity to uh, have that seen fairly and, um, and, and it helps everybody move on. But it also makes the sport look more professional. Exactly. Um, so, um, and um, and the, uh, the instant replays, um, just a, a, a wonderful feature uh, that doesn't seem to pop up elsewhere in the arm wrestling world and um, where something great may happen or there might be an issue and it just seems to take forever to get back to that moment. Mm. Almost, if you're watching the pay-per-view, you're scrolling back yourself to get that <laughs> instant replay. Uh, whereas uh, you, we, we, we uh, saw that as a deficiency in terms of production and uh, were able to incorporate uh, the replays so that for the fans at home, you know, they could see what was happening, they could see the replay, they could see what the, the match referee was looking at and uh, uh, if there was a foul or a micro foul or some some kind of consternation over a call of the referees, well, uh, they were all part of that and they could, they could see exactly what um, uh, those in a position of power were able to look at as well. So, um, so from that perspective, it was great. Um, I, I think in terms of atmospherics, if I, if I had to be honest, I would say it was probably a 3 out of 10. I, I felt like a, um, a couple of those shots of you and Ryan sitting seemingly in the middle of an oval by yourselves with a T-shirt <laughs> over your head, or <laughs> yeah. over Ryan's head um, early on. Um, that, uh, you know, so the, the, those types of, uh, if we had 2,000 people sitting around the cage, obviously it would feel a whole lot different. Um, and uh, but I'll give ourselves some ticks for presenting the, the aesthetic very nicely and uh, for being bold enough to also hold it in an ISCA certified cage. Um, so uh, from what I understand is a, is a first in the arm wrestling world as well. Um, so uh, certainly a point of difference uh, for, the, for the audience and, uh, and again just elevates the sport from being in bars and sheds yeah. and putting it onto a world stage in a, um, a, on a sporting platform that's acknowledged um, – and, and utilised by, well, the fastest growing sport in the world in mm. UFC and MMA. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And, yeah, as you said, with the replays, like, I thought that was an amazing addition. The fact that the, we had a couple of times when uh, the athlete questioned and it was just simply, can I just get a replay on that? And it's like, yeah, no worries. And then we just, can we just get a replay? And then within 10 seconds, there's the replay. Uh, no, that wasn't an elbow foul. Okay, yeah, keep going. <laughs> you know, it was just that easy. Yeah. It was, just, and there was no uh, conjecture about or no aggression. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. I need to. Mm. Oh, what I demand a replay, and if I don't get it, it's going to be. You know, it was none of that. It was just like, well, you have you have two opportunities to, to call for replays. Um, and if you if you are correct with your call, you you keep those two. If you if you obviously if you're wrong, then you lose one. Yeah. Um, and you know you've got to be careful about what you choose to to ask for replays for. But it's just like, oh, I can just get a replay. Yeah, it's mm. like, no problems. Yeah, that's cool. We'll, we'll check it out. I, I think uh, because we've come from um, the perspective of let's create something that's uh, more corporate in, in look and feel, that that comes through from, from our governance uh, top down. And so when you, where you've got East versus West highly dependent on one personality, where you've got... Uh, King of the Table, highly dependent on one personality. Where you've got Monster Factory, highly dependent on Michael and Rebecca to to deliver. Um, and um, and and with Arm Gods, you've got the two boys there. Um, I don't think they endured the same difficulties, perhaps moving forward, um, especially um, especially given the business acumen um, that that sits behind them. But uh, from from our perspective, we've got a, a brand that kind of stands alone and an organisation that stands alone. So, you know, if something happened to Dave Stockbridge, well, it's not going to affect AWE. Same if it was Ryan Bowen. As a matter of fact, we had a had a lovely little story through just this week where uh, Ryan, who I mean, he, he's uh, obviously very involved in AWE, <laughs> uh, one of our big names. The you know he's 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 one of our marquee athletes in yeah. AWE and. Uh, uh, 
went to the survey or the service station or the or the gas station Petrol as you station, might call it station, in, in, yeah. in America um, went to the gas station and as he uh, uh, went inside the the chap said oh and, and Ryan was wearing his AWE shirt much much like yours as as displayed you can buy one of those yourself at AWE store right now um, <laughs> and get yourself a hat and a hoodie wash you there um, but uh, I, um, he was wearing the AWE uh, shirt um, without the automatic chest uh, flexing function and um, it's a button on the side <laughs> it's a, a little electrode <laughs> and um uh, uh the the guy behind the counter said uh to to ryan oh are you an athlete in awe and ryan's like yeah uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't you know who i am uh, yeah, but, the second rank in australia <laughs> yeah i'm the i'm like number two in australia co-founder of the actual organization <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was like no yeah i'm number 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 two uh number two in australia uh and uh and he went oh wow that's awesome that's really cool so uh yeah i've been following it and 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 you know what i, I really like marcus satirai yeah. the, the tahitian rock, wrecking ball yeah. Uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing him up against gunter bykov's like oh, i think it's great that he's going for the title and so this guy knew everything about awe but didn't know who ryan bowen was in front of him um and uh, and, and ryan said that was that was the greatest thing ever because yeah. you know now he feels like it, you know that the brand isn't dependent on him he's not having to carry the organization uh, with his own uh, profile and presence um and uh and so that the the, the awe brand very much stands on it on its own and and, and it's not dependent on that one personality yes. or that one name that people know of and uh you know so i think that that uh, some vindication as to the corporate look and feel that we've created yeah. um, and uh, but you know uh, atmospherics three out of ten corporate look and feel I think we're, we're on the right path there uh, in terms of production values you know I'd give ourselves a seven I think we could, we, there's a lot of movement uh, uh, that we can make it with respect to that but I still think we're doing it better than maybe a couple of the big boys mm. I'll put it that way and um, and for arm wrestling fans that want to see what we do with the atmospherics at our next event um, well that'll be staged at the Adelaide Oval uh, in the McGarry Room um, which is a uh, the Adelaide Oval is a very prestigious sporting venue. And again, we wanted to elevate the sport out of clubs, out of sheds, and put it on a world stage where the biggest sporting events in the world, yeah. are, are, when, when, they, when they come to Australia, they make their, they make their way through the Adelaide Oval. So um, we, um, we're really excited about that mm. um, and, um, uh, and, and honoured that you know, we're now considered amongst those uh, you know, top promotions in the Western world now. Um, and uh, you know we're, we're we're looking at east versus west. We're we're looking at king of the table, and we're learning the lessons. And uh, we're also trying to come up with some of our own innovations and ideas in order to make the sport more accessible for viewers and athletes alike. And sitting in behind all of all of what we do at AWE is really a culture of bringing that next generation of athlete through. We we don't want to actually have the king of the table, East versus West model, where we're highly reliant on the big names for our pay-per-view sales. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's all about. For us, it's about bringing together athletes, that helping them build their profile so that they can become pros in the sport themselves and, uh, and realise their ambition of dropping off their full-time job and making arm wrestling their, their forever gig. And we've got some really exciting talent. Uh, we've got guys in their 20s and 30s. We've un- uncovered a, a 19-year-old yeah. South African that uh, uh, holds Ryan Bowen in the middle of the table <laughs> and his arm wrestled on about a ha- handful of occasions. Um, we, we've uncovered some spectacular talent. And for us, it's like ability is one thing. But the next thing is uh, how do we build a profile? How do we assist these athletes in terms of realising a, a revenue stream that is uh, arm wrestling derived mm. um, f- as a result of them having a profile in the sport. So we're working really closely with our athletes to uh, try and realise that ambition and that's a big plank of our uh, platform moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just going well and it, it very exciting times and things are coming together and... Yes, it's it's one of those things where you're sort of like, oh, this is so exciting! I can't believe that this thing, this idea that's been formulated, is is you know been put into play and put into practice. And I mean, this is only since November of last year, which is what six months ago. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, we've you know we've got everything up and running, and we're heading in the direction that we've always wanted to. So yeah, it, it, 
uh, exciting times ahead. Exciting times ahead, and um, and uh, you know, East versus West, king of the table. Uh, we we wish them all, all the all the success in the world, um, and uh, we we really want to see the sport grow on all levels. But um, for for us, it's really exciting. What's not what's happening there. Uh, to me, that's not actually exciting to me. Yeah. Um, as a fan, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's always fun to, to see those match-ups and see some of those big names collide. But I think most of the questions that anybody's got to answer about the top four or five in the world are probably been answered now. Yeah. And I think the real question mark in the sport now is who's next? Yes. What's the next generation looking like? Yeah. Where are they coming from? And um, and and that's for me. That's that's the really exciting thing. Yeah. That's that's what really what I want to uncover. And I love that Arm Gods and and Monster Factory are those places where those athletes can find their way. And uh, and of course on AWE as well. So uh, I, I'm really excited for those 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 organisations that are providing a platform for that next generation of athlete. And uh, I'm excited to see those athletes filter through. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting in five or ten years' time to see if East West versus West is still that 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 uh, um, I guess uh, holding that uh, that hallowed position in in the sport um, or, or king of the table, whether it's still held with the same degree of reverence as what it is now, or even if it's still here. Mm. But I've got a feeling that Monster Factory is still going to be here. Mm-hmm. Arm Gods are still going to be here, and AWE is definitely going to be around. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, mate. Ah. Well, uh, great insights as always, Hollywood Matt Connolly. It's been fantastic to share the microphone with you one more time. And, of course, to see those double biceps is, uh, well, I mean, it's just amazing to be able to stand here or sit here and to look <laughs> across the table and to almost touch them. It's just, it's just <laughs> $5 something. a touch. It's truly something. So, uh, and uh, to our audience and to those fans that buy the pay-per-views and people that are buying the shirts and getting their their their, uh, their hats and their um, hoodies, uh, thank you so much for your support. To so that guy in the, in the service station, we love you. We hope you're watching, mate, because uh, you're the reason why we're here. And to uh, all of the athletes that are wondering, how do we get on an AWE card? Well, it's really simple. You know, Hollywood Matt Connolly is on all the socials. You can send him a little message and just let him know, one day I want to be on AWE and we'll do all we can to find a way for you. Absolutely. I'm Dave Stockbridge. Hollywood Matt Connolly. And we will see you next time. Thank you.